podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Sounds weird though. Okay, cool. Uh, hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooders podcast. My name is Lewis. Um, I'm joined by German DZ and we've got Sean. How are you doing, gentlemen? Three That's points good. on the board. We've scored a goal. We're staying up. <laughs> How you feeling, man? How you feeling? Depressed, man. <laughs> sure we staying up? I'm not sure about yeah, it. Boy. With a... I'm fairly confident we're staying up. Fairly confident. I mean, I can't say for certain, but you know, it, it does seem that way. We beat, we've beaten our obviously our relegation rivals six pointer. <laughs> well, you say we beat the relegation allegations. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're actually in the mud as a club, man. We're we're down so badly, bro. <laughs> yeah, we are, man. We are. Anyway, um, today's going to be a bit of a short pod, um simply because we're recording so late and we've got a lot going on. So um, we're going to try and cover everything as comprehensively, but as quickly as possible. So uh, big up everyone listening. Um, big up all the, the patrons as well. Someone's going mad outside my house. Not too sure what's going on there. Someone's car's just getting battered or something. Hopefully it ain't mine. Anyway, um... <laughs> let's 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 get cracking on with the with the Norwich game on the weekend. Obviously, I joke about us, you know, being our first win, staying up, but it was our, literally our first win um, of the Premier League season, um, and there was a lot of like new faces, uh, new partnerships. It was a very new look Arsenal team, I thought, um, and you know, there's a few talking points with the lineup. You know, Ramsdale obviously coming in. Um, which I don't know about you guys, but I I kind of expected that. Um, I don't. I just don't think you spend thirty million on a goalkeeper and not play him. Um, and you know Leno, I feel like he's out of the door. Um, essentially, I, I'm not too sure he even really wants to be here. Um, so for me, it was a no-brainer to bring Ramsdale in. Um, obviously, we had Tomiyasu. Um, you, before you go into Tomiyasu, did you see what Christian Feig said though? He said, um, apparently Ateta said to Leno that he will give him two games rest and Leno will be back in goal for the Spurs game. Yeah, I mean, I did see those comments and I, I haven't really paid any mind to them because I just don't believe it. I just refuse to believe a manager would be that silly. Surely, what would be the sense of doing that? I, when, when has there ever been a situation where rotating goalkeepers per game works, or you know, has there been a successful team doing that? This team needs continuity. This defense needs continuity. And 
if you're nailing your flag to the mast with Ramsdale and you're spending £30 million on him, he's your future, he should be playing. He should start every single game. None of this rotational stuff. Yeah, and, and, and also on top of that, like, I'm kind of like, what does Leno need resting for? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not like he played over the summer for, for Germany, obviously he was part of the squad, but he just doesn't need a great deal of rest. I, I think it, I think it's a bit of a cop-out, to be honest. I agree with you. I feel like... Um, Arteta's chosen Ramsdale. That's his guy. Like you said, you don't spend 30 mil on a goalkeeper that you don't intend on being number one. What I will say, however, is that I didn't anticipate it being this quick. I thought Ramsdale would come in. I just didn't know how soon it would be. Um, so so, so, so let, let's see how it pans out now. Um, but yeah, I mean, 30 mil, you know, people talking about Ramsdale wasn't brought to be backup. He's brought to be number one. Uh, it's just about how quick the assimilation would be. You muted, bro. Sorry, I'm saying if that, I think a, t a telltale sign of what, um, you know, what could actually happen if that is actually correct could be, um, who plays in the League Cup against Wimbledon? Because obviously, in the first League Cup game, Ramsdale played, right? And that was like just after he signed. So, if Ramsdale plays that League Cup game, I might side that a bit, you know, just like, hmm, okay. I mean, he could still play. No, you know the Spurs game. Uh, what have we got next? We've got the um, Burnley game next, don't we? And so, so we, yeah, we we we've got Burnley, then AFC Wimbledon, then the North London derby against Spurs. So I feel like yeah, whoever plays in that AFC Wimbledon game won't play against Spurs. Yeah, yeah. So we've seen Ramsdale obviously play against West Brom. So I'd be kind of surprised to see him play against Wimbledon. I'm expecting Leno to play against Wimbledon I'm expecting Ramsdale to play against Burnley and then the Spurs game I'm I'm expecting Ramsdale to play unless he has like a complete and utter disaster class against Burnley I just don't see any reason why you know you you would you would not play Ramsdale um I guess we if we're sticking on the Ramsdale topic um how did you guys find his performance two games two clean sheets shameless agenda or something something worth mentioning he wasn't really troubled, was he? Um, I think he looked okay. Um, generally, I think Norwich, really poor side. Really mm. poor side. Um, yeah, I don't think he was really troubled. He looked he looked confident enough on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan Allo, he says, uh, side note, does Sean still want Woodman after that Man United performance? Jesus Christ. These goalkeepers just gifting Cristiano, Cristiano goals, you know? Like all three of his goals so far have been like goalkeeping. Hang on, did I say shopping. I wanted Wood Woodman? If if I did, yeah, it was probably because I didn't want Ramsdale at the time. But listen, boy, I might have to even change your mind and change it. <laughs> it looks bad, I, think, man. Is, I don't know. I don't know who wanted Woodman, yeah. but I'm sure the people that wanted Woodman just said, "Get him as a backup." Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. Basically, yeah. Whoever, because because basically at the time, just to go back to that conversation from the summer, we just said we weren't comfortable spending that money on Ramsdale, basically, and I and I'm still not, even though. He's here like whatever and i hope he does well but i just feel felt like you know for that money that money could have gone on a position in midfield that we needed you know what i mean so and it all it would have cost would have been five mil to sign anana who could play from next month do you know what i mean so mm. um yeah it wasn't really a case of like i was if i said that i don't remember saying that but if i did it's not like how I, I desperately wanted him to be our number one but you mm. know it was just as a cool quick backup option it's not going to cost a lot of money but um, but yeah, yeah. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, I think I think Ramsdale's been okay. He's looked um confident enough. I think the things that you as as a base ever want to see is he's at least given like look confident enough, um, not hesitated with his kicks. Um, so those those, those things are given. So he's looked okay. But it's like very difficult to say 
he's definitely better than Neno or he's worse. Like, it's, it's quite difficult to tell at the moment. I don't think he's had much to do. What I've liked from him um, so far is his long kicks. His long kicks are good. On the short distribution, I need to see it under pressure. I know people um, chopping up... He had a nice little feet. feint inside the other day. You yeah. see that? It was a bit of a bit cheeky, that one. And my heart was in my mouth a bit. I was like, oh, shit, you, you better not fuck up. But I think he did that against... I think he did it against West Brom as well. I'm sure he did something similar against West Brom. But, um, yeah, sorry, Dan, carry on. Yeah, I just need to see it under a bit more pressure. Mm. I think it, it was, like, the Norwich press was... I mean, we had Andy Metanaz and Lokonga midfield. Both are very lay-lay and blasé, you know. Mm. These boys are picking up the ball from deep, turning, mm. not getting really pressed. So, it was, like, a fairly easy game in that regard. So, I look forward... I, I actually want them um, as a... Um, as it was you, what you said, if we spend a 30 mil on the goalkeeper, this guy needs to be the number one. What's the point in him having on the bench? And I said um, a few pods ago as well that he should go straight in in the Norwich game. I don't see City as a good game to start for any goalkeeper. So um, Norwich game, Burnley, and then he should be ready made for this first game, the first big test. Um, he should play that game. Uh, I want to see him under um, under pressure. Mm. To, to be to be honest, even even Burnley next week will be a big test. You know, a lot a lot of aerial balls. Um, I sort of agree with Dan. I think he's been solid but unspectacular. He hasn't really been testing in neither of these two games. Um, what will be interesting for me, you know, in addition to shot stopping, I just want to see the kind of impact he has on the defense overall. You know, you know, goalkeepers that are a calming presence, and you can and you visibly see it on the defender. So if he can bring, you know. Um, a calming presence to the back four. I think that's a good quality, which I don't think sometimes Leno doesn't transmit. Um, you know, your back four should feel comfortable behind you. Um, that enables you in itself to, you know, um, the defenders to play more of their natural game. That Having a, a supreme goalkeeper, you know, who can come and claim crosses or who punches very, very well. Um, and obviously with Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood um, against Burnley, you know, in the coming week, and that will be a big, big test. So be interesting to see how he handles that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ramsdale is, is a very different goalkeeper to Leno, right? I think the, the, the differences are very stark just in terms of like not even their ability, just like their characteristics. Um, you look at Ramsdale, Matt, you don't shut up. You talk about the defenders want like a presence behind him. They're going to forget that they've got Ramsdale behind him. He don't shut up throughout the whole game. He's screaming at defenders. You know, some uh, some people might not think that's a big thing. I quite like that from my goalkeeper. I like my goalkeeper to be a, a vocal presence. I like him to be commanding. I like him to be, you know, a leader at the back. Um, but you can't and... be a leader without shouting and screaming the whole time, though. So I don't know if that's uh, a quality that we can ascertain and say, yeah, this is good. Or this I, is would rather my, I would rather my goalkeeper be very vocal than not, personally. Okay. Um, Leno is a bit too rooted to the line um, kind of goalkeeper. Like I don't think I've ever seen Leno shout at a defender before. What, what that means, I don't know. But And Dan, listen, I don't want to get onto your boy. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, listen, I know boy, he's your man. boy. He's, I'm, I'm, we need we need your, your we patriot need all right I... and he definitely I, I swear they did like one of these um arsenal player camp things with leno before where he was shouting and people were saying we can't understand him because he sounds german as a joke so <laughs> he was definitely shouting you know maybe that's why he stopped shouting yeah i mean i just think these guys are professionals <laughs> they're not Sunday league players like they don't need a goalkeeper shouting at them the whole time i disagree you know. of course mm. but they don't like 
realistically, these men played enough games, have enough enough experience at this level that they really should know what they're doing. Do, do, do you know and why I disagree with you, Dan? If you look at the organizational issues we have from set pieces, from um... Ooh, this is this is something where I think that is that is with the set piece coach. Yeah, I mean the goalkeeper helps, but this you see a stark difference in how we attack set pieces now and defend them compared to Wenger's time. We were mm. actually good on on set pieces on the Wenger, attacking and defending them. So, sometimes so, we were, not all the time. No, pe people people created this 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 conversation about Arsenal pull from set pieces. We weren't. We were very very strong from set pieces. Mm. And since um since Arteta has been here, we've been very poor from set pieces. I don't we were okay. It. No, we were okay last year. We've not scored a goal. I think we scored. Oh, two as in as in attacking. Yeah, attacking. But defending poor. set pieces, we were okay last year. The defending also felt like. Mm, we didn't concede it, many goals from set pieces last year. We didn't concede many goals in general last last year, you know. Mm. Um, but in Emery, for example, set pieces were one of the one of the weaknesses as well, you know. So mm. I think this is more a organizational thing from the coaching side. Everyone knows what they're doing and how they're doing it. You know, the goalkeeper can't tell um, someone on the edge of the box like, you know, follow your man or you know, back to space properly. You can't you can't organize that. He can come and claim the cross, which Leno is not good at. We need to see if Ramsey is good at that. That will really help. Um, that will be a big, big trade, I think. And that's something that Chesney used to have, for example. Like, a game against Stoke or a game against Burnley, like, they would hook crosses in, Chesney would claim them. And, mm. you know, if if Ramsey has that co that quality, that would be very, very strong. What, but... what, one, one thing I'll say is, I think I watched Sheffield United against Burnley last year. God, God knows why. Don't, don't ask me why. That sounds like horror, mate. <laughs> it was horror. And Ramsdale was very poor. <laughs> very poor. He struggled a lot with their um, uh, long crosses into the box, set pieces, flapping a lot. Um, Seems like a flap That's one of the games that really stood out to me, actually. Um as as oh shit this guy don't look good he looks very uncomfortable um and i remember that game quite well because they were pamming it on him boy and i think he made a mistake in that game I'm, i might be wrong and uh, that led to a goal i might be wrong though but um i'm gonna look at the highlights after this yeah he was he was not good in that game at all he looked very flappy so something to watch out for maybe and you know listen um it's gonna be a tough test and i, I think it's a test that um he needs um moving forward obviously we got uh, a debut for Takahiro Tomiyasu um interesting player and i said interesting player the other day as as a interesting player because i still don't know quite how good he is um he surprised me a little bit with um how good technically he was um i when i saw him on the clips obviously granted it's just clips i've never seen the geezer in a full game Absolutely, never seen the game in a full game. I, 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 I felt like he looked like a centre back playing right back, and I never liked those type of players. Um, but against Norwich, he looked really comfortable. Um, did a lot of nice things, just very, very comfy in possession, off of both feet. Um, you know, in in tight spaces, got out of a few situations. Defensively, looked really strong. Um, you know, I think he won like seven out of eight aerial duels, something like that. Um, yeah, I was just really impressed with um, 
his performance actually um i know it's against norwich so we got add a bit of norwich tax but um yeah what, what was you guys thoughts on on tomiyasu any surprises there or, or like you know is this kind of like what you expected him to be uh, well you know when we did the pod last week we were talking about our predictions i think i went for him as you know sort of surprise of the season um you know and surprise can be twofold a surprise because uh, like you said a lot of us don't really know that much about him um but what i have seen of him so far um he it's a surprise when you see someone who is so tall you know he's like a six foot two right back who who's quite agile which you know you you don't expect and you don't you, you yeah you, you're quite surprised to see upon first viewing um and you know he did his interview yesterday for the website and he talks about being both he looks very very comfortable on the ball again which is another big quite a surprise for me considering his um considering his height and his size um but you know you know sometimes people of that height and size they can look a bit slow or a bit you know stiff he doesn't look stiff um so that's another sort of positive um in in his favor so but obviously like you said caveat it the fact that you know this is only one game and it was against Norwich but um I've actually liked what I've seen on on first viewing and I like like you said I like the fact he's very very good in duels um every ball that went in the air he looked like he was you know and we're definitely going to need that against Burnley this coming weekend as well um so he's someone who obviously naturally in terms of how Arteta wants to set up that right back is always inverted so um in the first phase of play he'll be in the same line as you know a Gabriel and a White but as we sort of progress the ball up the pitch you know he'll be in the two um along the two midfielders as well so um you know playing as a right back and a sort of quarter centre mid at the same time so um he seems quite intelligent to be fair um and to be fair Asian players when I have watched them are quite intelligent it's you know sometimes athletically that they sometimes lack but he doesn't look on first viewing like he's lacking there so um props to him on his first viewing so let's hope he can keep it up and let's hope we can see a bit more of him but yeah I liked what I saw man Mm. yeah same man same man you know what I mean you you guys know me for a little bit now man and I'm obsessed with defenders that have good coordination if your feet are coordinated you have what a strange thing to be obsessed about it's very coordination it makes a big difference that all the good defenders have it the meaty ones don't quite got it you know and the shit ones don't have it at all so Tomiyasu has very good coordination. Um, his feet are very well sorted. Um, left and right foot. Um, I like the way that um, he uh, he jockeys. Um, and um, he's he's very fast, actually. Like, he's tall, but mm. he's fast. Um, he's obviously very strong in the air as well. Um, he's won a lot of battles um, uh, in the air against Norwich. Um, I would like to see against Bernie. Bernie is a different type of test. I don't know if he's come across a team that plays like that in Serie A, to be honest. Um, so that will be interesting, but... I think, and I and I think I've, I've I've mentioned in the in the last pod that we did that outside of Udegaard, that's the signing that um I think I can get um I'm on board with the most because this is someone that you've clearly identified, you've scouted. He looks like he has a very interesting and good profile um and complements the players that we have around him. So I I, I do like the signing. Um, I hope he does well, and I, um yeah, I, I I look forward to seeing him playing more. Um, he looked good to me. I, even going forward, I think there was one opportunity when he didn't hesitate shooting on his left foot. I think it was blocked. And then there was like a half volley where he was basically fly kicking into it very close. 
Uh, you muted you, but yeah, very close. So I think he can maybe give he give some some offensively as well. There were a couple of times as well when he was composed in the final final third, you know, rather than just mashing across what Chambers would do because he doesn't trust himself to go past the man. So he has to just come inside, looking for the players that at the edge of the box and passing it to them. You know, I think he he, he looks like a very competent and um, com- confident and competent player. Mm, yeah, and um. Obviously, again, we, we we keep talking about Burnley being this acid test. I mean, I'm sure he's going to get tested a lot more um, in, in that game as well. But I, I think he's going to be a good aid next to Ben White, who we all know has like got issues aerially, it seems, from what we've seen anyway. He's played two games and in both days, uh, I guess less so against Norwich, but obviously in, the, in his debut against Brentford, he um you know he struggled with the ball in the in the air and which has been well documented obviously and uh this game was the the first game where we saw the Gabriel and Ben White partnership and um I just want your thoughts really on on Ben White's performance and like the impact Gabriel coming back could have on Ben White um because I felt like Ben White looked a bit more comfortable in this game. I know it's a different game. You know, Norwich are not direct. They're, you know, they like to pass the ball around. So it's a bit of a different game. But I felt like Ben White looked a bit more comfortable. We saw a lot more of him on the ball um, than we have in any other game so far, including preseason. Um, and we, I think he, I think he really started to showcase his his uh, passing ability in this game as well, which was nice to see. Yeah, I, I mean, um, it, it will be obviously, again, like you said, we have to caveat it because of the level of opposition. Um, I think for me, it will be interesting to see how this partnership evolves because I watched Ben White a lot when he was at Leeds and obviously when he was at Brighton as well. He's a very aggressive front-footed defender naturally by trade and that's the same type Gabriel is. But in this game, it looked like Ben White was the one who was dropping off a bit more and um, he was happy for Gabriel to take the lead. Um, now, obviously, I think they will they will have to work out and balance who's going to be the one who who presses and who's going to be the one who drops off because obviously we can't have both of our centre backs, you know, um, pushing up and you know because one ball in behind we're going to be finished. So, um, so yeah, it looked okay. Um, like you said, hopefully communication wise, this okay. Um, they'll need to work out relative roles, but um, yeah, it looked okay. Just generally, um, I can't say too much i don't think they were overly overly penetrative um there was one ball from ben white towards the end of the game i think where he had it on the right side and he pinged it over to pepe which 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 was nice as well but i don't know if you saw that actually arteta was fuming after pepe's touch when ben white pinged it over to him um but yeah no it's okay it's okay like i said i think we just have to and this probably applies to all our sort of new recruits just because We've not seen them. There's new players. There's new partnerships. Um, it's going to take, you know, a couple games for for stuff to gel, for us to see more, for us to see them in bigger tests. So um, it's hard to draw too many conclusions at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, what about you? Any thoughts on that partnership? And and you know, any improvements from Ben White? Yeah, I think um, Ben White looked um, confident um, and competent as well, um, on the ball especially. I think, again, I feel he's very dual shy. Um, and I think in order to compensate for um, being on the back foot in duels, he he, um, he he tries to anticipate a lot of situations and get ahead of those, um, which is I think is a, is a good quality of trying to read the game and 
you know, stopping things before they get going kind of thing. And he's done that a couple of times against um and, and that Norwich game. And obviously those are players that they're not of the highest level in it, right? You know, so it's a bit easier to read them than, you know, uh, Lukaku, Ronaldo, um, and do what he did um, nipping in front of them than um, against those guys. So he did that quite well. So uh, I like that from him. Um, I think his ball playing was good. Again, a game where there's not a lot of pressure, I find it difficult to judge. Um, and I'm sure we will talk about Ainsley Matinaus and Lokonga as well. But I, I just felt like there was not a lot of pressure in our, in our third. Um, we, we In the first 20, 25 minutes, we were pressing them quite a bit. So um, they were shy of coming out. Um, and yeah, it just allowed us to play and do what we wanted for a large part of the, of the first half. But overall, I think he he had a decent, you know, um, um, Premier League debut um, at home. Um, I think not much you could ask from uh, in that game. Um, of course, the dual shyness is still a bit worrying to me. But he played a lot of nice passes. Um, yeah, um, if there's some if there's someone else on that right wing um, touching the ball down, maybe maybe we'd get a few more chances. Yeah, you you mentioned obviously Ainsley Maitland-Niles and um, Lukonga playing there is far from what the ideal sentiment oh. partnership that we would want in Premier League games. And you know, um, I know people like to say, well, you know, this is the you know, Arteta had these boys out there today, but I mean, we had two of our the, our two main centre midfielders out, so it wasn't quite that. Um, I, what, did, what did you make of them, of Ainsley and um, Lokonga in midfield? I'm still not sure on Lokonga, you know. Yeah, um, still. I, I, I mean, thought I he did okay. Stuff, yeah. And, and you know, what? I'm willing to give him time because he's, he's so young. Um, and he, you know, he, he, he's clearly got some ability. Um, I just feel like the game kind of like passes him by a lot. Um and as a midfielder, I just don't think you should be allowing that to happen. Um, I think you made a good point in regards to the you know the quality of the opposition, the the fact that the game was quite low intensity. Norwich were happy to let us have the ball, especially for the first you know first part of the first half, where you know we kind of had Norwich. I don't want to say boxed in, but I think we were in control of the game for like the first 20, 25 minutes. So it was a bit of a jolly up for them in the midfield. Um, we didn't have to do too much of the winning the ball back. But I think the issue came when Norwich started to settle and um, they started to realise that we were a bit toothless and they thought, you know what, maybe we can have a go. And it was at that point where I started to realise, yeah, this midfield just, they're not, they're not assertive enough. And um, I don't think they're switched on defensively enough that I think, well, we know all about Ainsley Maitland now is lack of, you know, in real intensity. And I just don't, I think Lekonga suffers from something similar, not as like Lele as Ainsley Maitland now, but just, he wants to play the game at his own tempo. And um, the Premier League does not cater for you playing at your own tempo. The, the game is the game. You better get in the game. And um, I just didn't really see it from either of them. I thought Lokonga was the better of the two. And I was a bit surprised that he came off. Um, but then I clocked, I realised that the, the, substitute was, the, the substitution was probably a good one in hindsight, moving Ainsley Maitland-Niles to right back. So it made sense to bring off um, Lokonga instead. So I, I understood it in hindsight. Um, but yeah, um, 
Ainsley Maitland is not for me. Sorry, not in centre midfield. Um, doesn't offer enough for me. It, it was even it was even weird, man, because I don't even remember the last time I saw him play centre mid like properly from the start for Arsenal as well. So it did feel like obviously I know he was on loan there for West Brom. I think last right, season, one of the Europa League games maybe a few, maybe a That's while back, maybe, maybe. yeah, something. Like that, yeah. yeah, so it's just it's just I, I think I, I agree with what you were saying. Obviously, both of them have um, a decent degree of athleticism, so they look like they can cover the ground well. But yeah, I like my midfielders to either be intense and aggressive. So either you're just literally dominating your space, which I don't think either of them necessarily did, or you have to be ultra techie and the ball is moving quick. And I think that's probably my main criticism, not just of them, the whole team, but just generally the ball doesn't move anywhere near fast enough. There's people people taking too many times, too many touches off the ball. I need it. Out. You saw when party came on, Boom, one touch, ball through the lines, panned it through the lines. And I just need that regularly, regularly. It, it helps to unsettle deep blocks, unsettle people's um, setting stone in their position. So, yeah, it was all just a bit too slow for me. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't mind Lokonga, like, like has been said, but, you know, it, it just comes back to my problem with a lot of our dealings, you know, in the summer. You just kind of feel like with the amount of money spent, we could have, bought less but bought ready more do you know what I mean so and and the two that stand out to me in terms of how you know a Basuma is someone who very much you know we've spoken about loads of time who dominates his zones dominates his spaces aggressive imposes himself upon the opposition will take the ball from one end to the other very very quickly or you go you know the Xhaka style but with someone who's just a bit more accomplished on it and you know the more I watch um a Bruno Guimaraes from Leon the more I just wish, you know, we had bought him in January 2020 when Xhaka had, had thrown his toys out the prop. Because, you know, when I talk about people who circulate the ball very, very quickly, with him, the ball moves very, very quickly. And it's very, very progressive. Ball's always going through the lines. He's not scared of passing through the lines. He's a very high volume passer like Xhaka, but I feel like he's a bit more penetrative in terms of his passing, in terms of how often the ball gets into the final third with him. So, yeah, I look at it and I'm just like... We could have spent the money better in centre mid, man. Mm. You know, and, and hopefully Lokonga, you know, grows to be like what we want him to be. But the issue with, and this is what I've been telling people, is that, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take for him to be the necessary level we want. And our rivals are not going to sit still and wait, wait for us to catch up. And, you know, if we knew that we were going to um, spend like we did this summer, we could have got more ready-made options to go from... Um, yeah, from, from, from the get-go. I know someone said, like, Lokonga's great, I don't get the chat. It's not that he doesn't have potential, but Arsenal have a lot of players with potential. We need more players who are ready-made and ready to do it now for us. Um, and, you know, yeah, yeah. I, ju- I, ju- I, ju- I look at it still and I just see our midfield and I'm like, it's only party, man. Mm. It's Bro, only I party. Agree. Yeah, go on, I, I echo what Lou said as well in regards to, like, Lukonga coming in. Um, I think Lukonga looks talented for me. Um, I don't know how talented it's. It, it, it's not like I'm thinking, oh shit, this is the the next big deal straight away. And I, I, I we have to be honest in our assessment. Maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't. He doesn't strike me as like Gravenberg, Kamavinga. When I've seen those guys play, it just feels like another level. You know that that there isn't ever. In what about Ganduzi in his age range? I mean, I think Ganduzi is a is a senior player in regards to Lukonga. Like Gunduzi starting games at a big team like Marseille, he's getting call ups to the French national team. Um, so I mean he does he's oh, not he, he, anymore really, but 
I who think, do you think is more talented? Oh, that's very hard to tell for me. Um, and I think in the group we 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 had that discussion. I think right now there's there's no discussion for me on regards to who's better. Right now, Guendouzi is definitely better in my opinion. Talent wise and potential wise, I can't quite ascertain it because mm. I haven't seen enough enough of Lukonga. But I think I like the skill set. Um, and I think Lukonga looks like a player that if we were really good, yeah, and we're bossing games and this guy comes in, he would look quite good, like you know, but we are not. So again, I think that the requirements that we have at the moment are different to what he can offer us. And this is where the discrepancy is, you know. Um and with Andy Metonaus, I mean that midfield stuff, it just needs to be it just needs to be gone, man. Focus on right back. We I mean look we we say Lokonga and Andy been uh, okay in midfield. I think Lokonga was quite dominant in his duels. I double checked as well. He won like six out of six duels. He was pretty um you know pretty good in, in that regard. Um I like his long balls better than Andy Metonaus as well. They have better directive, um, are closer to the player when he attempts them, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But Ainsley in midfield. A lot of things are saw apart from the mobility aspect and um, being able to cover grounds. A lot of the things I saw I didn't like. Pass appreciation, um, which pass he 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 would select, um, timing, how many touches he takes. All these things make a big difference. And to go back to the speed of play thing, the, for me the biggest indication of the quality of a team is speed of play. Watched Liverpool today. Watch the first twenty. If you haven't watched Liverpool first twenty minutes, watch the first twenty minutes against them. Um, versus Milan tonight, and look at the quality of play based on fast, um, fast exchanges between players, players moving into the space fast, players, players being aggressive, and we don't have that. We play football at walking pace, and this is why we are shit and we don't create anything. You know, you destabilize defenses by moving the ball fast, and um, yeah, I, I can only echo the thoughts of of, of you guys saying that what we need in midfield is different to what we actually have and what we then went out into the market to acquire. Um, it's, it's a bit disappointing, in my opinion. Granted, we're talking about midfield, so we've got to talk about Partey. I mean, the guy is top quality. We need to actually find him a partner and not someone that is 20, 21. Like, we need to find him a partner that is in around his ability, in around his age range, you know? We need to have some serious players in midfield, in my opinion. Um we're doing this project youth stuff, but we've given so much, you know, um, faith and hope into Saka and Nisa, who We're definitely guys who deserve that, but we're putting a lot of burdens on young players all over the pitch. Mm. Saka and Nisa in attack, then people are going to call for Lukonga over Xhaka in midfield. Um, at the back, we're going to have, what, um, who do we have? No, at the back, we don't have. Uh, Ramsdale's pretty young as well, um, you know. Ben White's um, young. Yeah. Gabriel's young. They're all young. They're all young. Tommy us, they're all young. What, our back four is yeah. what? But all, all under, under 24? 24? Yeah, all under 24. It's a very so, young team, man. Very young we need, team. We need more experience, in my opinion, and higher quality than those guys that we, we have right now. She on mm. your mute. And you know, when we talk about experience, it doesn't even need to be like, I'm saying, you could get like a someone like a Bissouma who's experienced, but he's 24. You know, do you know what I mean? Ready to come and come and have that level of impact right now. I know there was one guy in the comments, James. He said we were all salivating about the Congo in his comps. We, what I will say, and that wasn't true. We all said he looked decent, but what we all said, he shouldn't be the main option. Do you know what I mean? So we said the Congo would be good as a supplementary option, but the fact of the matter is that we haven't improved the central midfield area from last summer. Do you know what I mean? I, so, wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even address James if I was you, Sean. He clearly no, okay. has uh, <laughs> listening difficulties. So um, I don't even know who you are, James, but 
Yeah, get get your listening up, B. <laughs> get your listening up. But yeah, but yeah, clearly lacking in comprehension. But yeah, overall, we just we just need more quality, man. And and really and truthfully, that that's the biggest indicator. You know, in terms of the guys talking about speed of play. Um, to be fair, I don't think Arteta wants anybody to pass the ball slowly. I just think it's the guys we have, you know, who just don't move it quickly enough. Mm. They re- they re- they either can't or it's just not in their nature to do it. So um yeah we, we, ju- we just need better man better 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 and that's why a lot of us you know we get a lot of um criticism on the account people saying we're too negative or do you know what i mean i think the reason a lot of people are a bit downbeat is that listen we spent a lot of money do you know what i mean for that level of money we spent we think we could have been in a better position by now mm. you know? um so yeah that's just kind of where it is man let, let, let's talk a little bit about the game because obviously um the game w- was in different phases with, um, you know, obviously the f- we, I thought we started off quite brightly. I was at the game and um, I said, I was with my friend Sate and we, you know, we we're watching the game and um, I said to him, if we don't score in this first 20 minutes or so, we are going to really struggle. And the fans will start growing frustrated because I actually felt like there was quite a good atmosphere at the Emirates on on Saturday, um, which I was um, surprised to hear and and see. M- maybe because there's a, like a lot of young players, a lot of new, uh, a lot of new players as well. There's like a bit of optimism there in, in that regard, right? People want to see the new players. People want the new players to do well. So that can always give you like um, a, a bit of lease of life as a, as a supporter, right? Um, so I felt like we started off quite well, but I said to say. If we don't score after 20 minutes, yeah, in that 20 minute stage, um, we could be in a bit of trouble because what will happen is we undoubtedly will allow Norwich back in the game. Frustration will grow and players will start making mistakes and all of a sudden it will become a bit of a to and fro game and the fans will start getting on the players backs a bit. And it started to become that way. I think, you know, late into the first half, we saw... um, we saw uh, Norwich come into the game a little bit and it started to go a bit to and fro. I think we started the second half a bit more in control, but it wasn't until Partey came on that we really, and Emil Smith-Rowe as well, was when we really took control of the game. And um, I think we blasted Norwich in the last 30 minutes, to be honest. We really should have won that game three or, three or four nil um, with the chances we created. But... Um, I guess the question I wanted to ask you guys is um, obviously we didn't have Partey, we didn't have ESR, we didn't have Xhaka, three players we expect to start week in, week out for us, right? Um, is is that first half performance something that we should be um, looking, like, should we look too much into that first half performance or should we be focusing on, okay, when Partey, ESR came on, right, this is our team. This is the team that we um we should be talking about not a amn and laconga in midfield because that's that's not going to be our midfield going forward and midfield is a huge part of of any team anything that you want to accomplish the midfield is is a huge part of it so should we take some encouragement from the fact that Partey came on emma smith came on and we actually looked quite decent i thought you know for that last half an hour i think we created a lot I think we created something like three XG or something in the last half an hour or something like Should that. Have scored a couple goals still. Yeah, so that's a lot of chances to create in in um half an hour of football. 
So, yeah, did you feel encouraged when Partey came on and ESR came on? Yeah, I think when you when you put into context like that, yes, yes. Um, I mean, I I, I don't want to. I've, I've said this already, but I don't want to see Ainsley and Arsenal midfield again. Please, <laughs> I just like it kills me, man. Um, Lukonga, I think just needs a bit more time. You know, shouldn't probably start Premier League game for us at this at this stage. So yeah, you make a good point that when Jacka and Partey, if them if them two would play, um, maybe maybe we we would have already been to know up in the first half you know so that is good um i think that's a good point um i'm still i'm still a bit you know it's just one in ones where we always have those 20 minutes where we, where we should have scored and we didn't and especially on that uh, when we feel like we haven't capitalized on our dominance and then the game is going into a, a, a distribute and like it's it's, 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 it's it's in the balance so that's how i felt with that norwich game again a little bit we didn't score in that in that time frame then Norwich didn't really do much, but they had chances. They had mm, chances. half chances, yeah. yeah. Like a few blocks here and there. There was a header yeah. that went past the post in the first exactly. half. Cross. Yeah. Um, I feel like every team in the Premier League, though, is you're going to get chances. Like I, of course, I of do course, feel like that. In in the Premier League, the teams are so good. Even the small teams, they're so good that you know. You look at uh, Chelsea against Villa. Chelsea won that game three 0 Villa had chances. Mm, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, you, you know, as well. you look at it Palace just, just, against Spurs. Palace absolutely smoked Spurs, smoked yeah, them. It, it just it just worried me because I felt like Norwich weren't even really in the game, mm. and they managed to create really good half decent chance. And I felt like if this is a half decent team, I view Norwich as like bottom three teams in the league. Mm. I feel like they probably score, you know. So. Maybe, but, yeah. I, I want. I, I think Burnley's going to be a very good test in indicator. I mean, they just they left a lot of space for Everton, you know. Um, I wonder if they approach a game similar against us. But I, I, I do think Burnley's one of the teams that think they can come to um come and attack us because they're physical and and um, intimidate us. So maybe there is space for us. And if Party plays, if ESR plays. They are say even if Jaka plays, uh, he's he's better than Okonga and Ainsley now. So if he if them if them free play, I think we can we we can open them up. Um. So yeah. Yeah, Sean. What about you? Um. Any encouragement from the fact that when we did have like our, I want to say near near enough our first eleven on the pitch, we looked we looked quite good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, naturally, Party and ESR, they're, they're two of our much better players. So it was just a case of bringing on our better players. And naturally, as you'd, you'd see, you'd expect an improvement. Um, it will be interesting to see, to see a couple of things. Obviously, I'm trying not to be a bit too harsh because I know there was a lot of new players, new introductions, you know, new, um, just new partnerships generally. So obviously, sometimes these things don't always click straight away. Um Arteta will need to, um, you know, be decisive in terms of what he sees as his best approach because um, obviously Party played as a single pivot when he came on, you know, ESR and Odegaard either side of him. So that'll be interesting to see how that evolves. It's not the first time he's tried that. So that might be an indicator to what he's looking at long term. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I, we, at the end of the day, one, he, we need to improve. He needs to show improvement. He's He's been backed heavily. Um, you know, I know people talk about trust in the process, but when you get to spend hundreds of millions, you don't really get a time for a process, especially when we're in a precarious position we are in. You just need to pick up results ASAP. So, um, yeah, we're going to need to um, 
do something similar against you know Burnley as well. I, I think obviously Jack is still suspended, so he he, he won't play against Burnley. Um, so it might end up being Lukonga and Party. Um, so they'll need to mop up, um, even if they don't beat like you know um, Chris Wood or Barnes in the air. Like the second balls, I think are going to be vital, yeah. very very important. Who do you uh, think gets the nod, the nod for that though? You think it'll be Lukonga over Ainsley? Uh, I would say yeah, I'm not trying to see Ainsley centre mid. So I can't lie to you. I'm but in Arteta's in in Arteta's mind, yeah, I mean, he's been, he's, I mean maybe, but. Like, who do you think come out of that game with a bit more credit? Um, probably the Conga still, mm. I think. And and he spent, I think the reason he kept Ainsley on was because, you know, Ainsley can play right back. So he was looking to go for a more attacking formation to try and win the game. Um, and obviously, it was always going to be party over the Conga. So I, I, I didn't read that much into it because the way he set up in the final 30 minutes was, you know, he was going all for it. Um, so yeah, I, I expect it. Do you know what I mean? Twenty mil for Lokonga. He's, you know, when Edu spoke about, it, he was like, yeah, he's the backup to whenever Jack or Party are unavailable. So I expect him to start. Do you know what I mean? So, and and hopefully, you know, I, I I am being a bit critical of him, not necessarily because it's an indictment on the player, just because it's an indictment on where we are and where we should be. Do you know what I mean? With a more better established option. Um, but I guess that's that's not necessarily his fault. It's the fact we renewed Jacker. But course, yeah, that's that's a conversation I mean, for it. Sorry, Dan, go on. Yeah, I mean we haven't we haven't we have to, we have to scrutinize and analyze these things. And in the grand scheme of things, that signing um, has to be really good this season in order for it to make sense for us um, realistically. And that's that's where it is. Doesn't mean that we don't like Lukonga or have an agenda or anything. We have to ad- analyse what we see and then put this into context and into what Arsenal are aiming to achieve this season or need to achieve. Can he can he contribute adequately to that? It remains to be open. I'd be more confident with someone like Basuma, and that's just a fact. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, just quickly, guys, before we wrap up, um, just want a quick word on Pepe, Aubameyang, um, Erdegaard. Uh, so we'll start with Pepe. Um God, man, deeply frustrating game from him because um, I, I felt like he, he just does so many just simple things badly. You know, there were so many loose touches, you know, just general shit, like just general shit, you know. And it's it is frustrating because the thing is, you look at the stats and if it was a player that you know we were linked with and we were watching like compilations of and stuff like that and we thought well, you know what this player looks quite decent and then you see like on sofa score that man had like six shots six key passes an assist you know hit the woodwork it's like oh do you know what this this guy is had a really good game but i can't i just can't get that <laughs> I just can't give him the credit for that game on on Saturday. I thought he was really, really poor. And um, yet we need better, man. We need better. He scuppered so many of our attacks with bad decision-making, bad technique, lack of quality. Um, You know, I I don't know. I don't know what the solution is with Pepe. And I thought Saka was poor as well. I don't know if the solution is to swap them. Um, you know, maybe play uh, Pepe as a left winger, put Saka back back out on the right. Um, but yeah, but both of them I felt were really poor. Erdegaard I thought, struggled in a game that 
you know, he was getting the ball, but I don't know, man. I was expecting magic. They were telling they were telling me he grabs grains by the scruff, like that's what they were telling me about Udegaards. Well, that game that that game grabbed him. I don't I know like, about him. I like Udegaard, and that's well documented. <laughs> but we need a, we need a lot more from him. That was not a good game. That no. was not a good game. I don't care if he played one nice free ball to a Young. The rest was not. Good it was enough. offside, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think it was offside anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't count. The rest was not good enough, man. Uh, Get your key um, passes up. That's that's our marquee signing this summer. He he he's got he's got to start stepping up, man. Isak mm. came and, on. And, and I came on and looked much better than him. That, exactly, and the and these are the games where I would expect Odegaard to have like a really big impact on these games. Same as Pepe, actually. I feel like these are the games that kind of suit them. But Pepe um, had a big impact. He just he just looked like he was he, on Beyblades half of the he, time. He, 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 he did. He, he did. In fairness, you see, you see you see the thing with Pepe. I think it's just the fact that his fundamentals are just very very bad. Um, you can tell he's just. I think they said he didn't get start getting coached till he was like 15, and it just shows. I was, like, I was a goalkeeper at 18, you know. Yeah, see what I mean? He's just not. Um, and it's 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 such a weird thing because as annoying and as frustrating as he is, anywhere in the final third, you believe he can score. Mm. So it's so weird to have a player that is so such so enigmatic, but at the same time can be very very decisive because, as you said most dribbles, most key passes. He was the biggest threat, despite the fact that so many, he'd done so many things wrong. So is it one of those things you just persist hoping that, you know, because um, at the end of the day, put it this way, if Pepe plays most of the games this season, he's going to get into double figures. He will score a lot of goals um, again, but you just have to put up with what will come with the other side of it. Me personally, I don't want to. I want to move Saka back to the right. Um, and, you know, I want to bring ESR in on the left. Obviously, I know the drawback with that is we need Saka and ESR to improve their output. Both of them really need to improve their output. That's vital going forward. Yeah, it's, it's very it's, for anything we're looking to do this season. It's key that they are their output is high. Um, and obviously, like like Dan said, we're placing a lot of maybe unfair burden on them, but. The reality is um, it's the position we're in. <laughs> it's the position we're in, but also it's how we chose to spend our money. Mm. So we chose not to spend it on offensive players. We chose to spend a lot of it on defensive players. So that's where we're in. We're asking for a massive, massive uplift from them and and Erdegaard as well. So yeah, Pepe wasn't great. Erdegaard wasn't great. Um, Oba, we know what Oba is. Oba needs service, and Oba didn't get a lot of service this game, um, mm. but. He looks a lot more engaged, I think, this season. I was going to say, I think he he does. Yeah, yeah, he 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 looks a lot sharper. So he and and there was a bit, you know, where like he was he picked up the ball and he was just running. Like he doesn't look slow. He doesn't look like he's lost that. You know, you know when people say he's, he doesn't look like he's lost that yard of pace or anything like that. To me, it's never been a physical thing. To me, it looked more like. I can't be bothered kind of thing or not can't be bothered or it's just like you know in football yeah we, we there's just fine margins if you're like five percent off of especially at the elite level if you're like five percent off your game like if if there's a game that you turn up and you you aren't quite in the the zone I think it can have a real impact on your performance at the at the highest level and I, I do I do feel like not that he wasn't trying or anything like that I just do feel like he was a bit disengaged before and maybe st- to an extent, in a sense, st- still is. Um, and I think that 
you know translated itself into bad, bad performances last season and you know and and people thinking or people still thinking that he's a bit finished but if we can get him chances i still feel like he can score goals yeah i i i, I very much agree i very much agree i think he looked sharp um and I, i've maintained i don't think he's finished um physically he's certainly not finished he's still very fast um he still anticipates situations very very well um, and he makes runs just like that, you know. He's just he's off. So he, he he he's he's still there. Um, the team I think is not at the level to create enough chances for him. And um, as what you said, maybe he was off. He but he played at an unsustainable level. And um, when he when he scored them goals for us in the FA Cup and towards the end of that um that season, so he was not he was not going to be able to replicate that. Um, not many players can in world football. Um, you know so. We need to create more chances. It was a game where we were better. Um, some of these chances fall to him. He will score. He scored one. Um, we have to also have an honest, honest conversation about Pepe. This guy is crap, but he also is kind of good. Um, at some of the stuff that he does, like I don't, he just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm looking, I'm watching Pepe. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like the ball is mid high, slow pace, and he's bouncing off his chin. It's like, why? Why? Why is the ball bouncing like this, bro? And then the next play, the ball will come, fizz at him. He will turn on it. Like, he will have a man on him, turn, then doppy another man and play a nice ball. It's like, bro, just put, if you could put this all together, this would be like a good, good player. But he doesn't. Most of the time, it is some, it's some Cooper de Calais shit. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, and, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then some of the time, he does some, he does some other stuff. But one thing I do give him, He's very he, like because he's so unpredictable. You don't know what the hell he's gonna do, mm. and he is threatening. He's probably he's probably our most threatening player because he's he's uh, actually one that can beat a man and then score. And you know, I think Aubameyang has more off movement. I mean, he's got his cut, cut in and finish, but he doesn't he doesn't really dribble much. You know, but, but, but he, he's he's trying to dribble. Bro. But you see, what we might have to have a discussion about in the future as well is that. Um, because in an ideal world, you don't really want either Oba or Pepe involved in build-up. So then the question is, can you have two players not involved in build-up and still be a threat? Um, because, you know, these two guys harm your build-up in terms of trying to create chances. Ideally, you just want both of these guys on the end of moves. Um, and we have a lot of players like that, because Martinelli is another player you really want on the end of moves as well. Um, so it's more just about how we're going to try and fit it all together and make it work. Um and, and this is why I think for me, um, I really hope like ESR and Saka can have the uplift because, you know, with them, the ball's going to stick. The ball's not going to go to waste. Um, it's just that we need them to be more decisive in the final third. If that, if we can do that, it saves us a lot of problems going forward. So mm. Essentially, um, we have to make a decision of who do we prioritise, Pepe or Aubameyang? And if, yeah. we, if we're, I think we should be prioritising Aubameyang and we should be moving Saka back to right wing. Saka yeah. needs to step up the form as well because it's what yeah. we've seen from him in the league and for Arsenal. It's not been good. Let's be very honest. ESR has looked very good every time we've seen him mm -hmm. this season. Um, I feel, I feel like, I feel like ESR is very close. You know, I feel like just like needs. I feel like he's had bad luck. I feel Chicken like just needs bomb. to go for him. Yeah, I feel like mm -hmm. just needs to go for him. Like there's been a few shots he's had this season where you're just like, oh. If that goes for him, like boom. So yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't a great finish on Saturday though. I, yeah. I kind of expected him just to slot that in, you know. Um, but he went high for some reason. I'm not too sure why he went high. Um, 
you know, it it just seemed ripe just to, you know, bend it in bottom corner. But it looked like a it looked like a finish where he was too um He was trying to smash it. He was trying to smash it, trying to be too emphatic and, and just trying to he was just too eager to score, I feel like. And I yeah, man, we need more composure because we don't we're not we're not we're not a team that makes a million chances a game. So when we get these chances, we need to put it in a goal. And I in, in, I don't trust Saka to score goals. I don't trust him to to finish. Um, our only real goal scorers on the pitch are are Pepe and Aubameyang, and it's kind of why Pepe has to play. Because you need two scorers on the pitch. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what we have. It's, that's that's the conundrum. That's the conundrum we're in. But at the same time, like I said, by having that, you then also go the other way in the fact that you can't sustain attacks and you can't keep teams penned in because yeah. the ball's bouncing off both of him and Oba's legs. Um, so yeah, yeah, man, it's it's, it's tough. Um, well, so yeah, that that really needs to be. Obviously, I'm sure we'll have discussions in the future. But the next areas of recruitment, 100%. big focus. Well, let's leave it there. Um, we said we'd do for half an hour. We've gone fifty-five minutes. So, you know, time goes fast when you when you're winning games, lads. When you're winning games, <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be back anyway next week. Um, we'll try and do a, like a Burnley preview, maybe on on Patreon, and maybe do a Burnley post match on Patreon as well. Because I know we're doing these podcasts. It's not ideal. A little while after the games have gone. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get the instant stuff, head over to our Patreon. And um, you won't have to wait until a Thursday or a, or a Wednesday evening to uh, get your touchy gooners fix. So the Patreon link will be in the bio. Um, if you want to be a subscriber, three pound a month, you get all your your shit to your door. So you don't have to wait for that stuff. Anyway, guys, um, Dan, Sean, have a good evening, and um, I will speak to you soon. Bless Peace. Up. to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Go! Sports Social Podcast Network.